by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Finally, finally, we are back. Oh, <laughs> the game over pro wrestling. Ah, it's good to be back in the host chair talking some grappling. It's your boy Avery here after a very fun, I gotta admit, a bit of a long summer slam from Detroit, Michigan. Got a guest on this week. Got a guest on for the show. It's Kyle Cushman of The Score hopping on. Talk with me, Kyle. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Kyle? How are things doing with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. It was uh, it, it definitely was a long night of wrestling, but it was a fun night of wrestling. I'm happy to be on. It was. It was. It was a card that was um, a hard-hitting card, very violent card, a few a few swerves, and we'll we'll get to those all in all in due time, as it was a very fun night out in Detroit, Michigan. So, I want to start off, actually, first of all, big thing I got to start off with is we got to pay some bills and thank our friends at Sports Interaction because, hey, they're a great sponsor for this podcast for Game Over. Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal from all your favorite teams and players. With competitive odds, the best live in play, and more ways than ever to get in the game, like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN to get started. 19 plus, and please play responsibly. All right. Good stuff. So, Kyle, oh, hang on one second. Hang on. What? The, also, our YouTube chat. YouTube, please. I on my screen for some reason. I'm not seeing Kyle on my screen. So, hey, YouTube oh. chat. Let me know if that's showing up for you guys as well too, because it might be a little bit of an issue on uh, on my end. If not, we'll proceed. Okay. Whoops. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we got a little bit of an issue here. I don't think Kyle's on our screen here. Can you still hear me at least? We can hear you. Yeah, I, oh, I think okay. YouTube can hear you. Yeah, for some reason, yeah, for some reason, you're not showing up, Kyle. We're gonna try and figure out what's going on with that. Uh, okay, yeah, for some reason, hey, it might be better for the viewers if they don't have to see me. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, you are. I don't know what's going on, but for some reason, you're um, and your feet, yeah, your window is not showing up here. I'm not sure what's going on there that but i'm gonna try and um proceed the best i can <laughs> oh boy uh-oh yeah, we'll start we'll, we'll try and proceed anyway but um i, I do want to start off by saying the first match of the night i enjoyed quite a bit it was uh logan paul and ricochet that was a high-flying match a very uh we, we saw like the conversation between those two we saw the, the animosity between those two the stakes, and I love Logan Paul, Kyle, leaning into the fact that he is going to be that ultra heel. That's what your impressions of, of Logan Paul here in this match, playing up the real, real heel vibes for the past few weeks here. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting them to to lead with the Logan Paul ricochet match, but I guess it makes sense with uh, Logan having to catch the flight to Dallas for his brother's boxing match. So in retrospect, that makes a lot more sense. Um, but that, yeah, that was a really fun opening match. Um, it was exactly what you kind of expect between these two uh, opponents with 
maybe a little bit of a slower start, but getting into a lot of the acrobatic moments and, and things like that. And specifically for Logan, yeah, really leaning into the heel stuff in this one and obviously sealing that with the finish, but um, some crowd work mixed in there as well, uh, getting the crowd going with the booze and whatnot. And overall, a very, very fun match between these two, which I think we all expected with the the handful of moments that we've seen between these two in the ring. No, of course. And I thought it was so funny too, just how Logan Paul, like, like a true heel, makes things personal before this match goes in and, you know, gives the assumption that we're, oh, we're going to be a nice, like, you know, friendly match, good competition, and puts Matt the Urban right in there saying, you know, hey, after this match, she's going to say my name. I just love that classic heel persona of, I'm going to put your family involved in this. I thought that was great stuff as well. Yeah, and there was a, a little bit of both mixed in there on the commentary as well, uh, milking that a little bit. And yeah, it's just, it's the classic heel stuff. And obviously with uh, Logan Paul and, and him being so inexperienced compared to everybody else in WWE, just kind of going in blind over the last couple of years, it's going to be some of the the more either basic stuff or kind of the, the stereotypical stuff to... Uh, get him going outside of the actual in-ring entertainment aspect. Um, a lot of the promo stuff and obviously is very foreign to him and he's learning along the way, but uh, some of the crowd work and, and some of the commentary stuff and the the wives or, or fiancés and stuff mixing into the match just kind of adds that little bit that uh, whether it's the realism aspect of it or just a little bit of fun, cheap heel stuff, uh, <laughs> it made made the, made the, the match and kind of the ending and stuff like that just that little bit sweeter. No, it really did. And watching Logan Ricochet, because we all know how experienced Ricochet is. We've seen him win championships. He's been at this game for quite some time. But see what Logan Paul was able to do. Because I remember when celebrities in the ring, I remember when it used to be a pretty cringe affair. A celebrity match wasn't good TV, wasn't fun watching a celebrity match. Watching guys like Logan Paul, watching Bad Bunny, they have taken towards wrestling like water. They've gone and said, you know what? We're going to truly dedicate ourselves to wrestling and I'll just come in once in a while. We're going to be at the PC and train and learn properly. I appreciate that because you see Logan Paul, who is athletic, he has a background in wrestling already, so he has a, a good base. But seeing him doing flips, doing Spanish flies, like celebrities of 10 years ago weren't doing that kind. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. When When it's a Logan Paul match, it doesn't feel like a celebrity match in the same way that a lot of the others do. It feels like it's a legitimate wrestling match and it just happens to be somebody that's popular because of means outside of wrestling. And yeah, every Logan Paul match I've seen has been very entertaining. Obviously it's a bit kind of more the spot fest type stuff instead of uh, some more like typical wrestling matches and, and stuff like that. But there's a place for that kind of stuff. And there's a reason why people are drawn to it. Uh, and he's excelled in that role um, and matching him up with Ricochet was a great idea because like you mentioned, that's a very experienced person who does a lot of the high-flying acrobatic stuff. And I felt like their two styles meshed well. There were a couple of moments where uh, there were a couple iffy spots. But other than that, I thought it was a really fun overall uh, matchup that really got going towards the end of the match. And we had a lot of fun spots because of it. No, it was great. It was, uh, it was probably for me, for this year in terms of pay-per-views this year, it was for me probably my favorite opening match to pay-per-views. It was probably my favorite opening match this year. And I'm seeing just the push of Logan Paul. I know. His personality, in many ways, has turned people off. He's not a guy that people, you know, in wrestling away from want to cheer for. But I got to respect his hustle. And he's the kind of guy where I could see him, again, being in a match for either a U.S. title or an IC title. He's the kind of guy I could see 
if not winning a belt, in contend for a belt a few more times. Yeah, absolutely. Like you look at how quickly uh, he stepped in here and been a very good performer in ring um, just because of that just outrageous athleticism he has and some of the background and some combat sports at least uh, mm-hmm. and being able to draw from that. Um, yeah, like it's it's easy to forget that this is only like a couple of years that he's been into this. Um, and as he continues to to gain more experience in this realm, whether it's something he starts devoting more time to or kind of stays on this kind of current schedule that he's on, um, there's certainly a boatload of potential here for him, uh, depending on how much he time he actually does want to devote to the WWE side, because I, I think that's ultimately what decides whether he ends up holding belts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he get, does kind of stay where he currently is, he's a very fun pay-per-view kind of draw in, in these in these kind of uh, matches where he can be at the beginning of a card. He can be in the middle of the card and you know that you're going to get a fun match um, with somebody experienced and and get a decent crowd reaction, probably have a viral moment or two that we've seen over these past couple of years. And um, I, I'd be interested to see if maybe there's like one year down the road that he kind of devotes a little bit more time to it and see what kind of run they can end up doing with it, but at least for right now, what they've got going uh, is a really, really fun thing for these kind of made of or pay-per-view spots. And like we saw tonight opening uh SummerSlam with a really fun event. No, of course it was amazing. And also too, of course, if I, I keep mentioning the heel factor of him, but seeing this way this match ended, typical tactics, he gets his boys to bring in brass knuckles, knocks out Ricochet. Like people are going to, keep on watching him against babyfaces because, again, people like seeing or want to see Paul Brothers lose. Be it Jake or be it Logan. People want to see a Paul Brothers lose a WrestleMania boxing match. So he's going to have that factor as well, too, if he keeps going up against matches against babyfaces in, in the company. Yeah, absolutely. There, <laughs> there's certainly uh, an element to watching them get beat up or lose or whatever it is that people keep getting drawn to, um, of course, in the night that we have both of them uh, in big spots in combat sports. Um, but no, the, the only gripe I kind of had with this match was kind of the random person jumping from the crowd from right. Logan's kind of posse to hand off the brass knuckles. I don't know why you can have either somebody notable, whether that be a celebrity, somebody that's at least their face is known. I, the kind of the random person jumping over was a little bit odd to me. But other than that, um, I thought it was a really fun way to open up SummerSlam. No, of course. Yeah, that was easily a really really fun match open things up and going from logan ricochet to again uh we went to cody and brock three the rubber match between those two and i've enjoyed all their encounters so far i think it's again great storytelling it's very old school storytelling again with the whole thing about how brock broke well i'll say in air quotations broke cody's arm Cody wearing an actual cast to the ring and going having a match with that. And I I just thought those two, I thought the style of those two has always matched up uh, very well in the ring. Although the one thing I will say is that with that match, of course, Cody did get the win. I thought Brock's offense, I don't want maybe a little bit too long of Brock just beating on Cody and then Cody gets back in it and then Cody finds a way to beat Brock. But overall, I thought the idea of Brock Lesnar coming in mad, wanting to finish a feud. That's always been a fun Brock Lesnar because he goes into his bag of just unbridled violence. And maybe if it was less Brock just teeing off on Cody and more back and forth, it would have been a better match to me. But 
Cody finishing this story with Brock, I thought was a good way to do it. And Cody getting the win. And also the fact that Brock and Cody stood in the middle of the ring, shook hands and hugged. And that was really Brock showing up for a second house for Cody. I thought it's a bit of maybe a bit of a passing of the torch, I felt. But I thought that overall, that was a pretty good match, I thought, Kyle. Yeah, pretty, pretty good, good, I think, is the way, way to describe it, where, where uh, especially kind of in that, that early middle stage of the match where, like you mentioned, Brock was just kind of teeing off on Cody, got a little bit old quickly, especially with the repeated count outs, and um, that kind of went on for a little bit too long, in my opinion. Uh, I also don't really know why it was kind of the the storyline of Brock trying to show mercy and go for a count out rather than just continuing to beat up Cody. But uh, I guess you kind of go with the respect at the end and um, something along those lines. But overall, yeah, a fun matchup here where once the, the back and forth, uh, we got that again. Um, like you mentioned, kind of this old school thing, which you kind of expect between these two, where Cody um, is kind of the, the newer school in a, in a certain sense, but has so many ties to the old school. And then Brock is somebody that's been around for so long as well. Um, a, a really good matchup and a, and a really good way to, to kind of blow off this uh, trilogy here and I, I really enjoyed the recap video at the beginning kind of showing uh, kind of everything that these two have kind of been through over the last handful of months uh, and a lot of that playing into this match again with some of the arm stuff again the Kimura hold back and forth um, yeah it, it was a really solid follow-up uh, to the opening match where I think in normal circumstances this might have been the opening match and kind of have the two big guys go off right off the top but with Logan Paul, of course, needing to catch a plane right away and quickly. That ended up being the opener. Um, but I think, it, regardless, I think it ended up being a really, really good one-two punch uh, with two very different styles of matches to kick things off tonight. No, of course. And now, it's interesting because for both guys, I'm not really sure where both guys go on from here because I think mm. knowing Brock, knowing Brock, I, I, need, I need to take some time off, go back to Saskatchewan, back to his fortress where no one ever sees him and his family for maybe the next six months. But I wonder now what the story goes for Cody now. Does he, like, I wonder, does he go for a Gunther? Does he, because I, I really do think the story for him culminates at WrestleMania 40 against Roman. But I just wonder in yeah. the interim now where he goes. Like, where do you think, where do you think, where do you think Cody's story goes now after the Brock trilogy, Kyle, in your mind? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think the, the Gunther show is, is, is a really interesting, interesting one because. Um, it, it gives you something, something that you can go to for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Cody doesn't need to win, but it also doesn't overlap with kind of your timeline building up for the next WrestleMania um, where like Cody can take a loss in the short term um, and, and that's perfectly fine because I don't think Cody would be somebody that you would look to to kind of end Gunther's streak here and gives Gunther another uh, big name to, to kind of have a feud with in the short term. So I do like that mention there, um, especially coming at it tonight and what happened later on in the card. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a fun one because then you get Cody back in uh, a title feud, get that going a little bit again, um, and then once that kind of wraps up, then you can start kind of your um, slowly getting into the end of year stuff uh, and figuring out what you want to do for your build to to the big WrestleMania, where we kind of all assume, although we assumed this year that it was going to be the one as well, so you never really know how it ends up playing out, but um, yeah, I think that's a really interesting show there with Gunther. I think that would be a very fun one. No, I, 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 it'll be fun as well, too. And one thing I noticed, too, with with uh, Brock and Co- uh, Cody, I was surprised, knowing these two, I was surprised it wasn't a bloodfest. Like, just knowing how these two pay-per-views are, I'm surprised the ring wasn't just covered in blood from either guy. <laughs> I, I'm always here for a little bit of color. I'm not going to lie, so. <laughs> yeah, that surprised me, that match. 
that match for the most part stayed um that one stayed pretty calm. And from from that bout going to the, the Slim Jim Battle Royal, I know my friend would text me saying, ah, oh, this is the match you go to the bathroom for. But I thought <laughs> ah, you know, it on paper, it appeared to be the match you, you know, you skip, go to the washroom, go get food. But I didn't mind. I didn't mind the Battle Royal. I know it was all the mid-card guys who were in this. I thought it was fun. I always love that spot, Kyle, of trying to get the big guy out of the ring. I thought the fact you saw, what, 15 guys trying to get almost out and just him dominating until he got him out. I, I, I love the fact that the Giant can come in and clean up and takes a unified front to knock him out. I thought that was a great spot in that match. And it's one where... We see LA Knight win, and once again, he remains red hot. I like what he does. I know he's a mix of Stone Cold and The Rock, but his personality is something that I, it endears me. I want to see how far he can go in this, in this company, Kyle. I was a little bit surprised that they actually gave him the win <laughs> in typical WWE fashion. It's usually the, oh, you guys love this person. Let's give them nothing. Um, but no, the, I wish that there was at least like some kind of stakes to this win and they get some kind of shot or a trophy or something. Um, it, it, the stakes list kind of just whoever wins it, wins it type thing was a, a, a little bit bland for me. But overall, the, the Battle Royal kind of was what your your typical Battle Royal was. I, I was glad it didn't drag on too long. It was fairly quick considering how many people were in the match. You had a lot of kind of rapid fire uh, eliminations and then kind of the final two didn't last too too long yeah. um so no it, it was decent overall um you got the big crowd pop at the end which i think everybody was hoping to get and were excited to get uh and, and yeah the, in terms of the card overall it definitely was a bit more of that filler just get the advertisement in matchup but i think they did well to to go with la night getting the win and kind of getting that nice big pop even though there wasn't really any stakes involved in terms of going on and getting some kind of big matchup because of this win, it felt like a big moment because of who they gave the win to. No, it, it really did. And I and again, much in the same way of Cody, I want to see what the plan is now for him yeah. year, where he goes next because it may, it may not be for a while, but I think that is a guy you could see in that heavyweight title picture, or maybe a universal picture after the reign of Roman comes to an end next year, I think. Absolutely. He, as long as he's as hot as he is right now, you can kind of go wherever with him and, and it'll be something big. Um, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what they do next with him because the, the Battle Royale stuff has been pretty straightforward to do uh, in this kind of short build here. Um, and yeah, with this win, I'm very interested to see if it's kind of the, the status quo with him or if they kind of look to to use this win on a big uh pay-per-view of course not necessarily like the marquee match of the night but it was the the match that had the advertisement built into it uh so i think that we could see something fun in the in the short term here with la night and i think a lot of people are hoping we see something uh in the short term here with him being so red hot as he is no of course and i gotta point out the fact that the the yeah thing has been going on for years and no one noticed. I thought that was very yeah. funny seeing old WWE archive footage. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well. That was that was awesome. Oh man, that was amazing. And going from what people assumed probably would have been the worst match of the night to what arguably was one that just felt really, really flat to mm-hmm. me. Uh Shayna Ronda, the MA rules match, and you know. I've, I've always felt that 
MMA, MMA style matches or matches that are supposed to be quote unquote real shoot style matches don't work in wrestling. They don't come across as being that legit. They look very stiff and they look very awkward. And the MMA match with Shayna and Ronda, it was two people with MMA backgrounds trying to make it into a wrestling bout. And to me, it, it just didn't work. You could tell the crowd wasn't feeling it. The entire time that match felt dead, except for the fact that Shayna did catch Ronda with an actual Jimmy kick to the head. That was a pretty real kick she caught Ronda with. But beyond that, the match really felt dead to me with Shayna getting the submission victory tonight, Kyle. Yeah, the, the and that's not really on the performers either. That's such a tough stipulation to kind of go in with, especially with their backgrounds and both of them, obviously Ronda being a huge MMA star and Shayna having that background as well. Um, that's a really tough stipulation because it's, it, it narrows what you can do in the match so much. And it does kind of feel like, obviously, with um, the stipulation being MMA rules, it did feel like just a fake MMA match and it's just not really something that's easy to get into and it's not for everybody. There's this very specific crowd that I'm, I'm sure would have enjoyed that, uh, but it definitely wasn't for me either. Um, it's something where, especially when you look at Rhea Ripley getting cut and the, the Becky and Trish match getting cut from this card, it's like, I think everybody would have rather one of those two matches in the spot instead of 10 minutes of fake MMA between these two. And I get Ron is probably on the way out and these two have had a really long feud and a long history together and all those things. But the MMA rules thing, trying to draw from their background ended up being a, a bit of a downfall because of the very strict stipulation in this match. And there just really wasn't a ton for these two to do to kind of get the crowd into it um, and, and kind of fell flat, especially with the rest of this card. No, of course. Yeah, I really feel this. This just should have been a, a generic wrestling match. If you want, yeah, if you want to do a yeah. no-hold-bar wrestling match, cool but try and do a mave uh match in wwe like yeah. no, matter, no matter what promotion i i've seen a lot of promotions try that before i re, I recall tna doing it i recall wwe doing it and they all looked bad they they didn't look mm -hmm. good and wouldn't what promotion i don't know why companies still try and do a legitimate fight they never they never look good <laughs> yeah it's so tough to pull off right like it's one thing like everybody understands what wrestling is it's fake fighting it's predetermined all that stuff like we all get it we all we're all in on it um but it, it's fun and entertaining because of um the the things that they do in the match and when it's all stripped away kind of the the more fun or unique things and it is kind of strictly just the mma stuff but not actually mma it's just kind of this awkward middle ground where you're trying to do the one thing but you're not also the fun thing that we're here to watch and it's this awkward middle ground that just kind of ended up being what it was tonight, where it just kind of didn't really work very well. No, no, it, it really, it, it did not. And going from that, from one match that was underwhelming to another match that delivered, a match we wanted to see, a match that was going to be a guaranteed slobber knocker, Gunther versus Drew for the IC title. And wow, that was... I don't know what it is. Like, Drew and Gunther, these two always have good matches together. They are such good style um, matches for, for his tilt. And it didn't disappoint. Again, a hard-hitting match. Chops like, no, like nobody's business. I I feel bad for Drew's chest and Gunther's chest. Like, yo, tomorrow morning is going to be hell. Putting on a shirt <laughs> with the way those chops were coming in. But my gosh, that was a match with 
in which um, Gunther retains. He's now 31 days away from being the Honky Tonk Man's record. And again, Gunther has proven, Kyle, like he is one of the all-time best IC champions. He gets it with that belt. Yeah, he he's awesome. I, I love all of his stuff and the, the physical chops. Um, it, it's just awesome. And, and it was very fun to have another one of those uh, tonight with, with McIntyre. And I, I wish I got a little bit more time. It ended up being one of the shorter matches of the night at like 13 or 14 minutes. I think if it got those handful of extra minutes that some of the other matches tonight got, it would have been even better. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, a bit of a quicker one tonight. Um, but it was... It certainly didn't lack the the violence that the typical Gunther and Drew McIntyre stuff does. Um, it, it was very, very good in terms of the, the physicality of it. Like you mentioned, I don't know how they're going to put uh, shirts on tomorrow with how bruised and bloody I'm sure their, their chests are going to be after all those chops. And that's exactly what we expect out of Gunther. And that's what we got again tonight. And yeah, they have an awesome thing going with him in the intercontinental title. And uh, yeah, I don't see that run stopping anytime soon. Uh, it's a great thing going with him. And I'm glad that they've kind of let him be what he's best at in kind of these physical matches uh, in this very specific kind of somewhat older school style because it it works and it's really reignited this title to be a top, top tier thing. No, of course. And it's funny because Gunther's style, I mentioned the old school style, a thing that on, on paper you wouldn't think would work in this modern era because Gunther mm. works a very, um, a very 60s, 70s style of wrestling match. He, he treats wrestling as a true sport. You would think that style today wrestling wouldn't work, but it does. And he's more open than ever right now. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, like we're talking about somebody that earlier this year went over an hour in the Royal Rumble, was in the final two after being a number one. Has had some big spots and pay per views against fan favorites and Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, and has consistently had some of the best matches on these pay per views doing this kind of physical older style and it's super over people love these matches uh and specifically with him um and it's not something where you watch it and you feel like it's slow paced or anything like that like it feels it's it's the kind of match that draws you in because of the physicality um and every chop you kind of wince and it draws you in more um it, they've got a great thing going like i mentioned with him uh and i'm interested to see where they go next if they kind of keep this sheamus and drew mcintyre stuff kind of revolving uh, or if they kind of pivot and, and maybe bring in, like we mentioned earlier, potentially going to a Cody feud and bringing going back to that kind of final duo at the Royal Rumble and maybe having some kind of feud there, because I think that would be a great way to go and just keep shooting Gunther up uh, up the card as it, basically he's at the top right now with, with you when you look at his spots and pay-per-views and all this stuff and Royal Rumble spots and everything. Um, it's tough to give him much more than he's already had, but... I think a, a Cody feud would be a great way to go next. And uh, I think would do uh, really, really good numbers. No, of course, you know, I would, before that, I would probably do, I would probably let have one more uh, Gunther and Drew match or one more full match. <laughs> hey, I won't complain like, to more yeah, of that. Like no one, like no one's complaining about that. I don't think anyone is sick of those three in the ring yet. Like yeah. I don't think anyone is sick of that yet, but I would say I would have loved to have had tonight Titus O'Neil on commentary again, because Titus on commentary on social media, that was hilarious with those three. That was pure jokes. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's good stuff. And yeah, you, you can't go wrong with that trio or this duo um, just because of how well the styles mesh. Like like you've mentioned, the, the physicality and the physique of Drew McIntyre and the physicality and physique of Sheamus and 
Gunther, who's actually slimmed down over these last couple of years, kind of looking maybe a little bit smaller than the other two, but still packing as much of a punch. Um, there's such a great stylistic fit, and whether it's the triple threat that we got or one-on-one single stuff, any any match that you get between these three is going to be gold, and I, I'm here for it on every card that they put it on. No, of course, and and so am I, Callan. Going from that match, another one that was interesting was Seth and Finn. They have their battle, and of course, it was the history between those two. Yeah, those, those of you know who know Universal Championship. Um, Finn beat Seth, but of course. That was a match where Finn had the shoulder injury, had to language the Universal title literally a day later. And Finn has kept on bringing up the history of, you injured me, I want my revenge, I want to hurt you, I'm going to get my payback on you. And what I love about this, even going back to just the entrances, Seth gets his Mr. Petty on, comes out in the same gear of what he wore seven years ago, in the infamous match for the first Universal title, I love that pettiness of Seth. No matter when he's a healer face, that pettiness and these callbacks to prior matches with his gear are so, so, so funny. And again, there's another match in which you saw right off the bat, it was Finn. It was Finn not just trying to win, but trying to hurt Seth. And you saw from the coup de grace, from the Larry Bomb into the, into the barricade. It was from day one, Finn trying to settle this vendetta which i thought was very compelling of a story there kyle yeah compelling is the is a great word to describe it i i loved uh what they had in terms of the storytelling of this match of the history between these two at this event as well when going back to seven years and it being at this event where uh where finn balor won and then got injured and had to relinquish the next night um and having the, the seven written on his shoulder and everything like that like um, there was a lot of fun stuff that they did with that in terms of kind of drawing back to it. And of course, the the reverse spot where, like you mentioned, Seth got thrown into the barricade like that. Um, and, and yeah, the the ending and stuff was definitely back and forth and uh, maybe not how I expected it to go per se, kind of drawing back to the, the way that the previous one finished in terms of the Damian Priest getting involved and kind of screwing Finn accidentally slash on purpose, potentially on... Uh, depending on your perspective there. But in terms of the the history between these two, um, I thought they did a great job before the match as well with kind of the video package outlining the the history between these two and then in the match uh, storytelling as well, leading up to kind of the finishing sequence. Of course. And, and, and Judgment Day comes in, and that's the thing in which you've you opened the door now for what does Damien Priest going to do? Because of course, Judgment yeah. Day comes in, uh, Rhea, Damien... And um, and Dominic, and again, you see Damien there as the universal champion. Sorry, the um, Mr. Money in the Bank and set heavyweight champion. You're wondering what's going to happen there. Is Damien going to cash in now on the world to be championship? Like, you're seeing the seed right now, you're seeing the anger on Finn towards Damien, you're seeing the seed being sown not just for Damien cashing in, but also the turn on Finn. You can see it coming right there. You see what's you see what the storytelling is being told right there and then in that match, Kyle. Yeah, and it's something that they went to a little bit before, of course, with the previous finish between these two, and they go back to it again here. So uh really doubling down on kind of that that way that they're going between these two. Um and definitely kind of the where they introduced the the priest thing in the distraction and Finn declining it. Uh, and maybe thinking that maybe we're, we weren't going to go down that route for the end, for the finish of this match, and then it ends up being involved. 
Uh, and the the camera shot on Damien at the end of this match was awesome. And just the blank stare of, oh man, did that really happen again? Um, was awesome. And, and yeah, it's uh, something where there's a lot of pers- uh, possibilities going from here. It can be something where Finn and Damien kind of have uh, something where they end up uh, turning on one another or, or um, maybe mending those fences or whether it's something where down the road Priest does end up cashing in that money in the bank on Seth. There's a couple different routes that they can go down and it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they have doubled down here a couple of times now uh, on this Damien and Finn not really being on the same page as to how to distract and try and get the win and backfiring at the end of these things. No, of course. Yeah, it's interesting. It'll be fun to see where that goes towards the eventual judgment day breakup. That'll be fun to see where it actually uh, does go. And before we get to our next match, I do want to talk about one match that was cancelled. Be- yeah. Becky, versus Becky and Trish not happening canceled what are your thoughts on that because that's a feud that we've seen push for a while with Becky and Trish and now it didn't happen tonight I thought it was interesting I wonder what the reason will be or is going to come out for those two without having a match in Detroit yeah that, that was very disappointing um it, not just in terms of the the female representation on this card uh-huh. uh and only kind of having a couple of those matches there and one of them kind of being one that we kind of knew was going to be a bit of a dud there between Ronda and Shayna, and obviously the, the triple threat being amazing uh, later in this card. But yeah, it, it was definitely a time thing because they gave a lot of time to these matches, and I think that's good in its own right. Um, but there's nowhere that you could have fit this on the card somewhere, and Rhea Ripley being one of the hottest acts in the business, and her only appearance on the card being this two minute kind of spot, not even being the direct distraction. Like I feel like we could do better than that with, with these two uh, different feuds or, or, or acts here between uh, the, obviously the specific match between Becky and Trish and, and Rhea being one of the best things going right now and somehow not being on basically the, the second biggest pay-per-view. Um, yeah, that's disappointing. And especially on top of that, having a video package early in the night, kind of showcasing Becky and then the Trish stuff and all of that. And then not actually even having it on the card is definitely a choice. Uh, um, but man, it, it, you kind of make those arguments and then you kind of look at the card and you're like, what can you cut to make room for it? And it gets a bit tricky. Obviously the battle Royal is something that a lot of people would look to, to cut. But if you have advertising that you kind of have to get in with this specific battle Royale, there's not much you can do there. The Cody Lesnar stuff, obviously, you're keeping on there. Logan Paul, you're trying to get on your pay-per-views. And then you're kind of looking at basically Shayna, Ronda being one of the few things that you can actually look to to try and cut because the rest are championship matches. So I I understand in a certain sense why these two matches and specifically Becky and Trish got cut because they wanted to give time. They didn't want to rush things. I get all of that. But at the same time, there are certain decisions and time things that could have made at least a little bit of room uh, to still get this on the card, but I we'll see what they end up doing between this match. I think I saw that it's going to be uh, in Winnipeg or something like that. So at least you'll get uh, some Canadian on this audience there for Trish and, and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, very disappointing not to have that match and then Rhea Ripley at all on this card. No, of course. Yeah, no, very disappointing. Thank you, Cheeto, for that comment on the match here in the SDP and chat. Appreciate the comment on that. And then going from the women's match that, that did happen, the triple threat match you mentioned, yeah. uh, Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca, that was a 
great match, one longer bout of the night. The champion Asuka comes into this match, defending her title against Charlotte and Bianca. And I got to say, yo, I got to say, the funniest thing I, I thought so funny was using Bianca's entrance for what was a blatant C4 advertisement. Like, that, that's the opposite of <laughs> using Bianca with the blonde ponytail and now the, the yellow gear. That's good stuff, C4. That's proper advertising. That's proper, that's proper product placement. Well done. Well done. Get your Bianca's money. Entrance. Get your money. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And again, um, the one thing I will say before to that, this, this match came in towards the end of the card. So you could tell that the crowd was a bit dead. Like, the crowd was a bit burnt out. This is a longer um, PLE event. Kyle, you could tell that the crowd yeah. was burnt out. Like, there were some great, great moments in this match between the three of them, and the crowd was silent. So that kind of was a bummer in my, in my aspect, Kyle. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to an AEW event here in Toronto a couple months ago or however long it is now, and you kind of don't really know the the crowd burnout thing until you actually have experienced it. And yeah. that show was even longer than SummerSlam tonight, and you definitely feel it a little bit when it gets to the kind of the, the waning hours of the event. And even if it's a great hot match, um, th- you can only kind of be on your feet and cheering for so long before it's a bit. Uh, of that burnout and unfortunately this match got a little bit of that and people trying to save themselves for the main event and stuff like that but in my opinion in terms of the the in-ring and storytelling and outcome and moments of this match uh this was my personal match of the night i absolutely loved what uh the trio had going on the the injury scare for bianca sold a lot of people um and and then of course the everyone loves a good uh, money in the bank cash in as well to cap things off no, of course. And you mentioned there, um, Bianca selling the injury. And I thought yeah. that was great. Coming back, coming back to sell that, coming back, she gets the way. I thought there was a lot of cool spots. The um, the knee injury sell, the Charlotte stacking her body up. Like I, thought, I, I find yeah. I find the stacking of your opponents with each other impenetrable. I think that's a very fun pinfall. Uh, either Even for a false finish, I think it's a very cool um, short domination from Charlotte to do a stacking of your opponents on one another for a pinfall. And you mentioned right there, Bianca, she she wins the match. She wins, gets her belt back for literally maybe two and a half minutes. <laughs> and yeah. then here comes EO, here comes Bailey, clearing the ring, taking out um, Oscar, taking out Charlotte. She she wins. We see again, people love a good cash in. And EO Sky is now women's champion again. People love a good cash in. And people love the fact that she now gets the championship because she's had a lot of, she's had a strong push. She's had a lot of fan support. Of course, winning the, Women's Money in the Bank match. She comes in now, catches it on Bianca. I think she's going to have a fun championship reign for the next little bit here, Kyle. Yeah, I, I love what they decided to do here. And um, if we weren't going to get the, the Money in the Bank cashing in, in the previous stuff with uh, Finn and Seth getting it here in this moment and having it be a believable cash-in as well with the injury angle uh, to Bianca and kind of her pulling out the the win barely in this one and then having the cash in is exactly kind of the moments that you're looking for here. And yeah, EO Sky, one year after the the return at SummerSlam and the big moment there and all culminating here tonight, I, I think is a great call in terms of her personal story. Uh, and I'm very excited to see what they do here in the future here because you've got um, a lot of great possibilities, of course, with this triple threat and all three of them not coming away with the with the belt after tonight. There's a lot of stuff you can do between there. Uh, and potentially Bianca trying to get it back, Oscar trying to get it back. 
Um, there's a lot of great, great stuff and a lot of different options because it's somebody new at the top of the card here with this with this belt. And I think uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how they uh, have this one play it out. No, of course. And I got I to gotta say, the one thing I did enjoy about the cash-in was that finally we didn't have the officials looking confused and we continued. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you're like, oh, cash-in? Like, what do you think you're giving the briefcase for? Like, what do you think is happening? Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I know man. it's solved. But Such a I, pet peeve. Oh yeah. I, I cannot stand the officials like asking the eat two times a lot of cash in. Like just, just get over with already. Yeah. We, we all know what the, yeah, there's twenty thousand plus in, in the stands or whatever. It, it fifty thousand tonight mm. in, in the in the arena. We we all know what's going on, except the one person is the one in the stripes. No, I'm glad we didn't have anything. No, I am certainly glad it was not that Kyle. And and to wrap things up here, of course, we end with Tribal combat for the Universal Championship Ooh. and for the and for the title of uh, Tribal Chief, Jay Uso, Roman Reigns. This match came as advertised. Violent, tough, emotional. I even loved Paul Heyman with his manipulative way, yeah. you know, talking about, oh, yeah, I'm your cousin. You can't do this. How can you do it? Like, I just love Paul being the master manipulator, the master of the head game, <laughs> the manager. I love that when Jay was bringing up the tables, whipping Roman, and then again, Roman getting his shots in and just taunting Jay, telling him, like, you were kids, I'm beating you down again. Like, I just love how personal, how much this match meant to the Illinois family. Although I do want to say, I would have loved to have seen, I know we always talk about, and we saw them in the preview video, the elders, you see Afa and Sika. I would have loved to have had to at the Tribal Combat, have the elders come out and observe the match. Have Alpha and Sika come out. Have Rikishi come out. I thought that would have been cool if you would have <laughs> yeah, had been the elders great. ringside watching the match. I thought that would have been something that would have added a little bit more to it. And as we saw when the match, it spilled to the outside. It went into the crowd. We saw Solo getting involved. And for a bit... It looked more like a two-on-one match as we saw Solo and Roman beating on Jay for a bit. But again, it was really, it, I thought it was um, a true war of, okay, Jay's going to have to fight everybody to knock off Roman here. But I, I enjoyed that, though, how it was really Jay trying to go up against all the odds in his family. Yeah, and it's kind of the the typical, right, with the Roman Reigns stuff. And, and no matter who it is, even if it is the family and stuff and, uh, you you know you're gonna get the solo Sokoa in there. Um, it, yeah, I think it was a really good job of kind of balancing the the two on one kind of beat down and then the comeback as well, uh, where it made you really feel like Jay might have the chance to do it. Um, yeah, I, I think they balanced that very well. Obviously, a, a longer match, by far the longest match of the night, drew on at times, but kind of those select moments when they did kind of pick up the pace and get going. There were some really, really good spots throughout this match. And uh, yeah, up until that point when they spilled out to the outside and then slowly came back to the ring, um, some really, really good stuff where it could have been the the typical solo gets involved, the beat down, thrown back in the ring, one, two, three. Um, but I'm glad it didn't quite go that predictable. Uh, I'm glad that they kind of had Jay battle back and really look like he was going to be able to do it in this one. No, of course. It was a match in which this is one of the few uh, uh, rare matches where I didn't expect to see blood between, uh, between family members. We saw Roman get his arm busted open. 
Yeah. And that added a bit, that, and it was, it was busted open the hard way. So, yeah, that was interesting to see that being really a first match between the family that saw blood involved in the match. And, of course, you mentioned there, Kyle, the time in which it looked like Jay was going to get the pinfall on Roman. And then we get this mysterious hooded man pulling Jay off of Roman. Who could this be? Who could interfere? Jimmy Uso. That was a shock. That was a shock to me. I did not expect, after all that, to see Jimmy be the one to break it up. And then super kicks Jay, throws Jay back in the ring. Roman spears Jay. One, two, three. Roman retains. And now this is going to be interesting because I, we talk about other matches where things are going to go. I really don't know where this is going to go with Jimmy turning on Jay after all that's going on. Now, I, I don't, I've not a clue where they're going with this one, but I'm going to be tuned <laughs> in though. I'm going to be tuning to Raw to figure what the hell's going on here. Yeah, I, I have no clue either. Um, a huge, huge swerve on that one. Um, yeah, I did not see the the Jimmy involvement coming, especially in this way, uh, where it costs Jay. And you can look to a jealousy angle or a bunch of different stuff, but ultimately um, uh, came at a left field, <laughs> to say the least, um, in a spot where Adam beaten then... Uh, Literally pulled the rug, uh, the rug right out of him, and yeah, the the finish was great. Go the table that was set up in the corner, what felt like an hour ago. You knew once they set up a table, it's going to be broken. It's just a matter of when. Um, and yeah, a great spear through the table to finish things off. But yeah, um, it, it started as a one on one, and then it became a two on one, and it finished as a three on one apparently, right. um, which is a typical Roman Reigns thing, but maybe not one that we were expecting tonight. But yeah, I'm fascinated to see what direction they go with uh, in terms of this angle and uh, what happens with Jay next, what happens with Roman and kind of the what matchups happen next between the the whole bloodline storyline and what happens outside of that as well. Because um, yeah, it, it's fascinating to kind of see the, the explanation that we'll likely get tomorrow. Maybe we'll get a little bit in the press conferences and stuff that's going on right now. Um, but yeah, that was absolutely a stunner and one that I think we'll kind of have to hear the explanation for on a bunch of different sides before we, uh, before we really kind of get a grasp of where things are going from here. No, of course. That's funny with the bloodline. You always think for a second, you're going to reach the end. We've reached the end. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nope. Not Every time. It's got to be now. Okay. Yeah. Maybe next time. Oh, no. Oh. Right. And, and it's funny because I saw, I saw WrestleMania people were saying, oh, this is the end, you know, I'm sick of it. But those same people are saying, oh, I guess I won't, you know, I'm sorry, I spoke too soon. It's still interesting. Like, they're adding layer mm -hmm. on top of layer on top of layer to keep it fresh. And really, again, like, I thought we knew where the end was going to go. But now, I still don't know how, I mean, I have an idea of what the end is. It must be 40, Roman and Cody. But yeah. in between then, I have no idea what's going to happen in, in between then and next, and next match. I really don't. Yeah, same here. And and yeah, a, a comment in the chat feeling that uh, the swerve felt like it was shocking and just kind of have a shocking end. I definitely uh, agree more to that end than it being kind of the shocking thing for good. It definitely um, came out of left field in a way that was like, kind of, what are we doing here? Um, but I can definitely see how they make it a, a jealousy angle or Jimmy thinking that Jay was trying to 
uh, take advantage while he was out injured and kind of capitalize on an opportunity. I can see some ways that they can justify this, like lead tomorrow night on Raw and into mm-hmm. the future. Um, it, it definitely is something where it's like a bit of that continuation where it's like, we're doing this over again. We're, we're keeping the story going. But like you mentioned, they've, we felt like that kind of a bunch of times after some of these matches and yet they continue to reinvent things or continue to build on the storyline and make it interesting in a bunch of different ways. So uh, I, it's rare with myself, uh, but I'll give WWE the benefit of the doubt here going into the future because of what they've done with the storyline and how interesting they've made it time and time again. Um, Maybe not the case with a lot of other storylines and things that WWE decides to do, but with this one um, they've, proven to be right a bunch of times so far and i'm fascinated to see uh what they do next because it is something where it gets very repetitive and these matches kind of have the same feel where you get some fun moments it looks like the challenger will have their moment and then other people get involved and then it's one two three and the cycle repeats we get a little bit of difference here tonight with the swerve and some of the family dynamics and stuff like that so um it keeps you interested in that realm but um you can kind of only go back to that well so many times and um, if it is kind of trying to draw it out till next WrestleMania, we'll see what they have planned in the short term. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very fascinated to kind of see what the explanation is both through the press conferences and also in the kayfabe stuff into the following weeks and, and stuff like that to kind of see where this story goes next. No, of course, as will I, as will I wrap, mm. and wrap things up here on game over pro wrestling. Kyle, it's been a blast having you on the show. We got to do it again with you. So before I let you go, I want to ask you, this is your time now to plug all your socials, working to find people of SDPN. Find you, buddy. Yeah, you can find most of my stuff on the score. I'm a hockey writer over there. So uh, anything in the NHL tab and any of the new stuff and alerts, there's a decent chance that I'm behind that. Uh, and then also on Twitter, you can find me at Kyle underscore Cush, C-U-S-H, spelled with a K. You go a very different place uh, and you can find all of my work there. Um, a lot of prospect stuff on my Twitter and I have a sub stack as well that you can find through my Twitter where I do a little bit more specifically on the leaf side of stuff, uh, a bit more of the niche stuff on the prospect side of things. So if you're interested in any of that, you can catch me there. Uh, and then uh, a little bit of other stuff on Twitter, of course, a little bit of auto racing if you're interested in that. And then uh, every so often a handful of tweets on Wednesday nights and such when AEW Dynamite and stuff like that is on. But uh, that's the gist. And yeah, if you're ever interested in anything I'm doing, you can usually find it on Twitter there. So go ahead and follow me there and uh, you'll be caught up on everything I got going on. Awesome. Amazing stuff. Kyle, it's been a blast having you on. And hey, for those of you tuning in, of course, please um, support Game Over. Like, subscribe, comment, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies to <laughs> tap into all of the Game Over programming where we have all year long from coast to coast. For Kyle Cushman, I'm Avery Lewis McDougall. We are out. Talk to you guys next time from the Game Over Studios. You're Edmonton. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.